Welcome to the Evernorth Podcast, where we bring on the explorers, dreamers, and discoverers to find out what their true north is in life. Hope you're all having a great day and enjoy the show. Nick, aka Stationary Astronaut, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. We're here, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so how did Stationary Astronaut kind of like come to be? Like how did, how did you kind of like find that name? Um, it was, I was kind of like doing a lot of internal traveling. So when we say that, I follow what moguls do. And what moguls do is a lot of them, especially in the West Coast, um, Far East Coast, they dabble in plant medicine. So for me, like I've always kind of been a dabbler, um, ran with the wrong crowds and stuff, but it was never like an organized chaos, which is what a psychedelic trip is. So I started flying to the jungle. Um, first year I went down, I realized, man, I'm on a mat, but I'm out there. You know, I'm on a mat in the middle of the Amazon jungle, but I'm somewhere else. And then, so I kind of started, my ball was rolling um, in regards to um, kind of my meditation practice, my um, breathing practice. I really got into the Wim Hof method, um, focusing on taking in as much oxygen as I possibly could because I'm all about kind of mind enhancement. I focus on nootropics, um, supplementation, things like that. So then I went back down to the jungle for the second time the following year in 2016, and that's where Stationary Astronaut really came about where it was all based on being able to go so deep within yourself to the point you can reach the stars, to the point you can shake hands with the stars, to the point you can do anything you set your mind to, as long as you go deep within, and then you externalize it. So, so that is stationary astronaut. So what kind of like really started your interest in like learning more about this, like going to the jungle and everything? Uh, it would have been just reading books and really kind of like, Focusing on myself, I grew up without a father, so I always had to ask the tough questions, whether that be within myself, within a book, or mentorship. So really it just started where I was always asking kind of outside of the box questions growing up without a dad, um, not having the answers, just hoping that if I threw the shit at the wall, 10% of it would stick. So it really was just based on reading, Googling, and asking the tough questions. and then. I was just so interested to the point I'm willing to take leaps and fly out, man. That's what it is. So what, what kind of practices, I guess you said, Wim Hof, um, you've done some other things. What are kind of the biggest practices that you've kind of put in place um, that you really credit like your current um, lifestyle to? Start your day off with a 15-minute meditation. That is key, and I have to do it at certain times because I have a daughter, so uh, a one-year-old daughter, so I have to. My my daily regimen has to be dialed in. So my 15 minutes is basically from 8.05 to 8.20. I drop my wife off at work. She works at the Mayo Clinic down the street from where we live. By the time we get back, this is like clockwork too, every single day. My daughter falls asleep in that 10 minute trip down the street. She's um, back sleeping in the, in the car seat. I bring her into her um, bedroom by about 8.05. And then I go, hit the couch. I turn on my meditation app, I'm gone. You know, and that's every single day religiously. So then I go from that. If my daughter is still sleeping after like I upload a podcast, send out emails I need to send out, then I go take my shower and shower meditation. I call them shower epiphanies. That's just as important. You can focus on your breath work big time while you're in a shower. And then what you do is you end your hot shower with cold, <laughs> just, just flip that bitch <laughs> over cold, bro. And you just eat it. You just eat it. 
and that's where you really have to focus on your breath. It kind of powers up your oxygen um, for the day. You kind of get a little lightheaded, but man, you're cruising. So like that's like a dedicated allotment of time to focus on yourself in the morning. It's you kicking, uh, kicking the day's ass before it even starts in a nutshell. You're getting it kick-started off properly. So you're kind of like talking about how you have a very structured morning. I guess what does the rest of your day then kind of look like? Like what is your typical day? To be honest, it all depends what fire I'm putting out. Like today, um, I already had one cancellation on a big interview, but I've got a contract I've got to get sent out. I've obviously got a mishap on one of my interviews (laughs) where only half the audio uploaded. (laughs) Things like that, bro. I'm putting out, I just came from an interview on the Twin Cities Collective. Like I'm dialing in media all the while putting out fires, sending out emails, making calls. The majority of my days are filled with about half of them are meetings or conference calls and then kind of like filler time. So like uh, we've got a big event coming up next week. So I've got to get things ordered. I'm still getting things ordered. And you know, we run on Amazon prime time. So you got to have everything ordered, you know, at the latest three days in advance. Do not bank on two days, that two day promise from Amazon Prime. Don't bank on that. So the last few days, I've been doing a lot of ordering to make sure that what I get is what I need in case I got to return and reorder. Mm -hmm. Things like that coming up to events. Um, After this next event, we've got two more coming right up. So it all depends what is really going on in my life, whether that be booking, whether that be feeler emails for guests or people I want to book for a show. Um, it really all depends what's going on in my life tonight um, and last night and tomorrow night I'm in this like dance competition that because you got to fluff the community you know what I'm saying that's the one big thing I realized is fluff your community say yes to things you don't typically want to say yes to and in two years you might not have to say yes to but say yes to them and then you kind of enslave yourself to that operation so this one dancing for the arts it helps out the local art community all the while you got to practice so i've got a month from yesterday to really dial in this this routine with this professional i got partnered up with i don't want to do it my Mm -hmm. body's getting beaten up but we're doing it so like a lot of my nights and mornings have been eaten up by practice for that definitely go to the gym i make sure to hit up the gym at least once a day um 35 minutes on the elliptical if i'm feeling groovy i'll hop on the step machine too and then i'm either doing upper or lower body um, definitely hit up. I focus on heat shock protein, so I'm hitting up the hitting up the sauna every single night for at least 15 minutes after after um, my workout, um, and that is something where you have to focus on your breath too. And dude, I've been since 2015. I've been so focused on what O2, what oxygen does for our brain. I don't care if the rest of my body gets arthritic and goes to shit. As long as this thing up here is still ticking, we're good to go. And that's where oxygen, blood flow, what we put in our body is so freaking important. Mm-hmm. I've definitely been paying attention to people like Wim Hof mm-hmm. and have you heard of David Goggins Yep. as well? I think those people just kind of, their mental state and their ability to kind of like push through that stuff yep. is just going to keep on growing and just reaching the masses yep. and like their message they put out. David I Goggins is a legend. It's crazy. He is a mental warrior. David Goggins is, um, his new book as well is phenomenal. Um, I like how they did it where he reads and then they'll do like a, they'll do like a, um, a, a side cursor where they'll kind of explain 
what that part of the book is about. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. Yeah, did you do the challenges? No. You read it? No. no. <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> I value my knees too much. Yeah, no, I, I tried some of the challenges, but I mean, yeah, it was definitely one of those things that I think if anyone were to like go through that book, it would definitely change them. Yeah, dude. For sure. David Gar I'm, it's the Joe effect, man. Whoever Joe Rogan has on his podcast and he promotes, I really tap into. Um, that's how I think that's how I got introduced to Wim Hof was, was David Goggins. Mm -hmm. So about last um, last August, about a year ago, you had the Get Me Gary V event. Mm -hmm. What um, what kind of like motivated you to get specifically Gary V to this event? Well, I saw what Gary was doing for media um, on our planet. He, uh, I actually was like kind of like semi recruiting him um, the year prior, back when his cost was less than a third of what he cost today. And I didn't bite the bullet. I didn't take the dive then. And then I, I just kept paying attention. He went on Joe Rogan and then his steam was just steadily picking up. And then um, I did the reach out and I, you know, put together a proposal and stuff like I have to. And, and uh, it ended up going through. But at the same time, like what got me going was wasn't so much what I was going to get out of having Gary Vee come to the Minnesota. It was what everyone else was going to get out of it because People need Gary Vee in their life, whether they're a 60-year-old um, business owner or whether they're a 20-year-old millennial. Um, everybody can take something out of Gary Vee's blueprint and they can put it to use. Like, look at this office setting right here. You um, mentioned when we walked in, it's kind of like a Vayner X. And that's what a lot of people are trying to emulate nowadays. And it's nothing new. It's just Gary capitalized on the moment and the time which where we are with technology. And that's something we all have to do, whether we like it or not. Um, so yeah, being involved with someone like Gary Vaynerchuk is a is a power move. And that's how I looked at it, where it's like, you know what? No one believed I was going to pull it off. No one thought I was going to do it. Every uh, the day before, dude, I had people doubting me, like people who were on the ticket list emailing me, "Is he really coming? Like, I paid this money. Is he really coming, motherfucker?" I wouldn't put all this time, energy, and money into this if I wasn't actually going to do it. But that's because they didn't know me. They don't know my drive. They don't know my grit. They don't know what stationary astronaut even is. And that's on them because I've been putting out steady content left and right. Like, I don't go about it the normal way. You get what I'm saying? I take yeah. risks and then I shove it in your face when it's go time. So like people who are on, they kind of like tap into the formula of Instagram, this many posts a day, you got to do this. Cool, bro. But guess what? Like you're played out now to me. You know what I'm saying? Like even Gary V, like, dude, I tap into Gary V when I really need a little bit of added motivation. Oh yeah. I don't watch Gary V all the time. I get the updates. I'm on the emailing list. I'm, I'm part of the collective, but dude, I don't, Gary V has served his purpose in my life. To the point now, I think other people who haven't gotten to that point need Gary Vee. Yeah, Gary Vee even like knows it himself. Mm -hmm. He'll he'll be like doing a video and he'll be like, at some point, you know, go on and you'll you'll quit watching my videos almost because he knows that you'll go off and do something else and you'll get the motivational yeah. content you need yeah. from him. Absolutely, so just go off. Yeah. Absolutely, bro. And like to each their own. I'm not here to tell anybody what to do, um, but where people value stationary astronaut is they see the energy and they see that we actually pack a punch with what we're talking about. 
So if we say we're going to have a link and drink event, there's going to be this many people there. By golly, there's going to be that many people there, if not more. Like we promise that. And that's why companies are willing to pay us to roll through where it's like, listen, we're having, we're having trouble with ticket sales. So then they call us in, we roll in, ask the tough questions, and then we kind of put it, put the, the boots to the ground and we really make it happen. So you also kind of also co-host the Lincoln Drink event? Yeah. Um, that's kind of a newer event. Uh, you've had your third one so far. What are you kind of envisioning for the future of those events? Okay, so um, I've been asked this question a few times. Have you ever heard of the Chive? It's an app. A lot of like memes and gifts are on uh, the Chive. It's a, it's a collective. Okay. So they have a, a side skirt of that. They have Chive meetups in bigger metropolises. That's kind of what I'm comparing it to, only with young professional meetups where it's like we roll in and you see the, the, the collective where like we roll in and we make links and then we go capitalize and do epic shit together. So we focus on creatives. So we roll in, creatives roll in, we all meet up and then before we know it, oh, need a videography, videographer for this event, we need someone for this, we need a web designer for this. Like people come and they get work from these events. And that's kind of what we're doing, and we're going to take it national. Um, that'll be announced eventually. But, yeah, w with where we see Lincoln Drink going is this is going to be a national professional networking meetup, only different, where obviously we implement the live podcast, stuff like that, where, no, if you got the goods, come on to the Shark Tank, our own version of the Shark Tank. What's your name? What's your mission? What are you doing? And that's what I care about. Um, there are people who who, um, and you see this having a podcast where it's like, people think they're important. So it's like, okay, come to our event. If you really think you're so important, come with so-called like minds and show us how important you are. Get my drift? Because the fakes are gonna wean themselves out. That's a long and the short of it. That's how this game works, especially in the 21st century in the dog eat dog world. You're exposed by the internet, whether you're doing or not. So if you're talking it, Back in the 90s, you were able to talk it and be a fraud. But nowadays, you can't be a fraud. So you come to these Lincoln Drink events, and it's like, this is where the moguls, the future of moguls, the present moguls, that's where we link up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the people that are coming to Lincoln Drink are going to run the Twin Cities in the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, so within the Lincoln Drink, you also do the Stationary Astronaut Podcast. Yeah. What was kind of the purpose to start the podcast? Bro, like, honestly, day of... Um, we had, our, we had our first one at Lynn Lake Brewery, and it's where we, Lincoln Drink, is where we go take over a Minneapolis brewery on a slow night, on a Tuesday night, guaranteed money coming to them, guaranteed a certain amount of people. And uh, day of, me and Brandon are obviously going to meet at Link, uh, Lynn Lake early to set up. I'm like, dude, I'm going to bring the podcast equipment. Let's give it a shot. See what the deal is. And it became a hit. And then it was like, because I give people, you know, like 10 minutes where you come sit down and tell me what your mission is and uh, it just turned into a hit and then it just made so much sense where it's like I'm providing value to an up-and-comer all the while they're providing value to us too because there's so many unique ideas that need to be heard all the while we motivate cats to like really go hit the ground running and like no you should start a podcast too no you should really do this keep pushing your clothing like you got support and that's what, what's so cool about Lincoln Drink is like, dude, I don't care how high up you are in the totem pole, you got support, you've got a collective now. And then now getting the Twin Cities Collective involved in this, and then other big organizations, Unreal, Minnesota Timberwolves, these breweries were like, 
we're riding together. You know, all, dude, high tides raise all ships, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's where it's like, we wean out the frauds, obviously. And typically they don't come back because they see they don't have what it takes. And, but that's fine. You know, maybe someday they'll be back. The majority of us do. We just have to find it within ourselves. And with the podcast where it's like, you get to sit down with me and realize I'm just a real motherfucker who gives a shit about you. You know what I'm saying? I want you to win just as much as I want me, my family to win, you know, because it's, it's mutual. So you do multiple, have multiple people on the podcast yeah. with an event. How are you able to just keep on going through people without kind of like having a background knowledge of them? Like, how do you kind of keep it going? Like, what's the secret to that? It's a gift, dog. So like, here's the deal. Since not everybody is made out to have conversations. Some people are meant to just be worker bees, be little weirdos, be analytical people who are just accountants and they're, they might be designers or whatever that may be. Not everybody is cut out for it. So that, get that out of the way right away. Ever since I was a little kid, I was having conversations with people who I had no business having conversations with. I'd be, even with a priest, I remember um, Father Joe, when I was seven years old, they, had, they would have Sunday coffee after church and I just roll in, but I would roll into his quarters just to ask him outside of the box questions. And he'd be like, dude, where are you coming up with these fucking questions? Of course I'm gonna answer them and you just see it in their eyes like, I did not expect this coming out of a little seven year old. But that's always been me, where like I could just keep it going, where I'm already thinking of the next question while I'm technically listening to you. You get my drift? Mm-hmm. And you have to be on your toes when you're having that many conversations. So like you see me at my events, you saw me at the last Lincoln drink, where it's like, bro, I'm not drinking none of that. I'm out You gotta be on your game. <laughs> I gotta be on my game. Yeah. So I let the wild cards be the wild cards, but I gotta be out there on my game shaking up. And uh, last year, before the Gary Vee event, the night before, the president of the Chamber of Commerce hits me up. She's one of my mentors. And she's like, Nick, tomorrow is one of the biggest days of your life. Operate with grace. Move around the room and work it like you know how to work it. Because I know how to work a room. You see me roll in. Bro, I'm that dude rolling in where it's like, I'm just making connections. I'm not going to remember your name. I'll promise you that. I ain't going to remember your name unless you send me an (laughs) ID message and formally do it. But... I am going to make sure that you got to share a moment with me. You get my drift? And it's an art. There's no fraudulence about it. It's just who I am. And then it leads into things like this where we, we get to share some personal time together. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's what it is. So from doing the podcast, what has been your favorite guest? That's a question actually from Devin Winter. Yeah, this question in Devin, that. Yeah. Dude, what up, Devin? <laughs> um, I, people, I'm not even going to say Gary Vee. Um, my favorite one would probably be, uh, one of them would be Dennis McKenna. That was cool. We were down in Costa Rica together. Another one would be James Arthur Ray. It was episode 99. It was my first ever, um, we did a Google voice interview where he was out in Las Vegas. It was a little delayed, but it was so interesting because when you talk with these people who are just brilliant, who have been all over the world coaching people. That's where, man, you get all this like philosophy from them. And James Arthur Ray, he brought the goods, dude. And he, if people don't know, James Arthur Ray was one of the co-authors of The Secret. He's been on Oprah a bunch of times. And then he held a retreat down in Arizona and people died in a sweat lodge at a retreat that he was holding. He ended up having to go do prison time. So like that dude has been through the hero's journey. 
where you're on top of the world, you get kicked down, you got to go do prison time, wear the same scrubs everyone else is wearing, and then you come out and you got nothing. Your back's against the wall. Oprah won't promote you anymore. What do you do? And I like having conversations with people like that where it's like, man, you've had to jab, 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 right hook your way out of the gutter. You know, mm-hmm. I like that. So yeah, Gary V was a good one. Um, we were a little rushed, only got like 40 minutes out of him. Um, obviously we were with him, you know, for the majority of the day. Um, but if I were to able to, I wish I would be able to redo that one. Um, but it was cool because with that one, they took our audio, our podcast, and they put it on his podcast as well. Mm -hmm. So it got us some uber good looks. Um, and finally we got the respect we fucking deserve. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that was a cool one. If I could redo the Theo Vaughn one, I would, it was the day after Gary V we had to do it while we were driving. I was hungover as fuck from partying the night before at our Gary V after party. So, um, yeah, but we just had Lawrence Pruitt on from Yam House. And that was a really cool one, too, because I've really been getting into, like, not so much philosophy that comes with the talks about faith. But I've been talking a lot about faith with people because I really think it's important, an important discussion we have with everyone. And it's all about finding a happy medium because we're not all we don't all come from the same walk of life. We didn't we don't all wear the same shoes. Not all of us grew up Catholic or Protestant or Buddhist, whatever that may be, but it's about talking about faith openly and finding a happy medium. Because I think we can find that with an atheist. I think that we can find that with a far-right conservative. We can find that with anyone. It's just our approach and how we get there, Mm -hmm. you know? So kind of looking towards like the future, what is kind of your, uh, what do you envision for stationary astronaut in the future? Oh, bro, we're gonna, we're gonna wear a lot of hats. So as you can see now, we've obviously got the podcast, we throw events and with the events, we add value by having the podcast. So I'm able to rack up sponsorships for like, say our big event with prof next Friday, where we bring, we bring guests on and then they're able to get, um, on the show because we are getting downloads now, which is good. Um, but future wise, I've been doing a lot of consulting lately, um, where I roll in, I fly out and I help people start a podcast. I help people do this or do that. Um, a lot of it is like social media, um, marketing and networking and obviously um, building their funnels and helping them sell out events. So people have seen us sell out events. So they want to know the blueprint. How do we do it? Okay. Put your money up and then we roll in and we take over. We don't take credit, but we take over on the back end. Um, so you can actually have a successful event. So that's going to be one area, but I have made it a point to not pigeonhole and classify stationary astronaut. That way it leaves doors open for us. So we're not expected to just be this. Mm -hmm. So just like super, super optimistic and like the future Mm -hmm. and everything. And that's why you see our Facebook uh, channel is stationary astronauts. It's plural because you fuck with us. You're a stationary astronaut. You know what I'm saying? So like it's a collective Mm -hmm. as opposed to just being, Oh, Nick, the stationary astronaut, no stationary astronauts. That's what, that way you can put a the in front of it. And it's like the stationary astronauts are up to no good. It's all of us. You're able to like encompass everyone within the brand. Uh Just make it everyone. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. So what would you say is kind of your true North in life or like purpose? Ooh, uh, gloopies, man. I, uh, I'm a connector. So that's what I do. So Lincoln drink, um, being a part of that. And it was actually like, um, it was brought to me. And then that's where it was like with Lincoln drink, um, 
Brandon brought the idea to me. Um, it was a rare time that I drove down to the social butterfly office. Typically we just do conference calls and stuff, but I drove down on a Friday and um, he already knew what I do. You know what I'm saying? I'm a glue piece. And that's where it's like, you bring me an idea or you need an idea made, then we hit the ground running. So my, my true North is straight up me being a glue piece, me being a connector. People talk about the six degrees of separation. No motherfucker. I'm the one degree of separation, whatever you need, whoever you need to talk to, you come to me. I'm a very connected person and we can get to the top together. Then to finish off the podcast, I asked three questions. And the first one is, if you could go camping for a week with three people alive or dead, who would they be and why? Oh, shit. Um, one would be Joe Rogan, for sure. Uh, Joe Rogan, without a doubt. He'd be fun to go camping with. Um, another one, honestly, would probably be, uh, probably be Nikola Tesla. I would love to be in nature with that dude. Who's like, he's a prime meditator. Nikola Tesla. That's how he got so much of his information. His knowledge was he would just sit silently and focus within. And then he came out with all these brilliant game-changing ideas. Um, he would be probably number two. And I got to throw a female in there. And I don't want it to just be any female. I want it to be a female who's going to like either make me laugh or teach me something. So, I mean, I'm going to go cliche, bro. I'm going to go Oprah. Oprah? Yeah, because she'd be like, Oprah would hold the best around the campfire conversations. True. Straight True. up. <laughs> That'd be the shit. Joe Rogan, Nikola Tesla, and Oprah, Oprah sitting around a campfire coming up with ideas. Perfect. And then if you could explore one place in the entire world, where would you go and why would you go there? Ooh, um, I've really been caught up on Thailand. I want to go to Thailand. My wife and I were supposed to go on our honeymoon there, but then exactly a week later after our wedding, we found out we were having our daughter. So we didn't go. And then the Gary Vee process happened and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So I want to... You've uh, just been on a grind ever since? <laughs> yeah, I've been on this nonstop grind where it's been tough. Like if I travel, it's because I'm working in a nutshell. So um, yeah, dude, I want to go to Thailand. I want to go explore Thailand. I know there's some cliche, cliche answers people would say, Egypt or um, I definitely want to go to New Zealand too. Um, I've got some friends there and I want to go kind of explore there. I hear they have the world's best skydiving. Okay. So I'm kind of big in like conquering fears. Mm -hmm. Growing up, I was really um, scared of heights and spiders. So what did I do? I um, went to Universal Studios, rode all, the, rode all the roller coasters. And then after high school, I climbed trees for three years and cut them down. You know, I was an arborist, literally, for three years. Um, so I was climbing trees, and you're up top, 150 feet up, huge pine, and the wind's just pulling you, and you're latched in, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> with a chainsaw. <laughs> and, like, if that doesn't get you over your fear of heights, then I don't know what does. It's all about pushing limits and really kind of um, testing your boundaries. And then another one with spiders, bro, it was like I went to the Amazon the first time, and when you have these these jungle tarantulas there's a difference between the tarantulas you see at the zoo and a jungle tarantula yeah, that's like this <laughs> that's coming out of your bungalow that you're about to be walking into it's like fuck all right i guess we'll see what happens and really like man that's how i live my life is just conquering demons conquering fear like we don't have time for it because it holds us back and then that's where excuses come from that's where lack of accountability comes from like we ain't got time for it bro 
This is kind of apart from one of the questions, but it's one I kind of wanted to ask is, what would you say is currently one of your biggest fears? Ooh, the fear of failure. Yep, the fear of failure. Um, I fear failure so much, I don't allow it to enter my stratosphere. So I will take a risk so I don't risk failing. Get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so like that's where um, reaching out to people that you have no business reaching out to and crossing your fingers that you even get a response, let alone a yes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I fear failure so much that I just can't allow it in my in my bubble, man. Yeah, yeah. that's the one thing I fear the that's most. That's one thing you fear. Uh, and then what would one piece of advice that you would maybe give like your younger self or anyone kind of seeking? What would be that one piece of advice? that you'd give keep going and take failure as a lesson and that's it's like cliche dude we've been hearing that like fail forward and yeah take it on the chin because when one door open one door closes another um window opens or whatever like that's all cliche to me when you start implementing it you have to realize you can't be a 30 year old doer unless you've failed prior and that's like what these young bucks you're 20 right 19. You're 19. 19. Yeah, you're, you're young. <laughs> like, there are going to be so many lumps you take. You're going to have so many roadblocks in life, so many bridges that fold up that you think they'll never come down. But it's by you just bearing down. You get there when you just keep going. It's the people that, and these are the people you stay away from, the people that they lose once and then they take that loss and then they give up. And you'll see that a lot. Professionally, bro, there's these connections you make. And you can always, once you start getting good at like reading people, having the deep conversations, you start to learn like how people got to where they are in life. The ones I love, the ones I envy, the ones I call business mentors today are the ones who lost so much that they won. Mm -hmm. You hear this a lot in the pitch game. So like, I, I operate in the pitch game trying to bring in Netflix comedians and bring in acts and speakers. The amount of no's you hear, they guide me to the yes. So I get so many no's, I hear so many no's on a weekly basis where it's like, it doesn't even matter anymore. Okay, on to the next one. <laughs> like To the point where there have been some, some big time artists that I have just said no to. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just got linked up with a couple of them uh, a couple months ago where they wanted to get on some shows we got coming up and they're they're living in LA now they're big time like they're signed stuff like that but it's like no nah, no nah, I don't know dude fuck your fee you know your fee like I'm not gonna pay your fee your value you're bringing me is not worth your fee you know what I'm saying uh, oh you want you expect me to pay you this and fly you and another person out first class get the fuck out of here you know what I'm saying? You yeah. think you're a big dog because you got 1.2 million followers? I don't give a fuck. And that's power, my friend. When you get to that point where you can tell people no, no thank you. And that's where, like, there are people, dude, I used to have to worship the ground. A motherfucker who had 15,000 followers on Instagram walked on. It's to the point now where I don't even care because I know the value I bring to anything get my drift mm -hmm. and that is a great place to be that's because i failed that's because i have taken it on the chin and kept going yeah you've already you've already taken all the no's yeah. and you're already used to it so it doesn't matter yeah you know what i'm saying yeah fuck out of here with that bullshit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how can people find you social media 
Uh, yeah, find events. me. Find me on definitely attend our events if you can, if you can afford to. Definitely make sure you come. A lot of them are free as well. Um, but find me on Stationary Astronaut on Instagram, Stationary Astronauts plural on Facebook, Nikolai Zeppa, N I K O L A I Z E P P A on Instagram, Facebook. Link up with me. Come to our events. Let's chit chat. Then when's the next Lincoln Drink? Have you have a date for that yet? Typically, we're going the first Tuesday bi-monthly. So our next one, we're going to stay at Finnegan's. That'll probably be May seventh. We have a meeting coming up regarding that, but it'll probably be May seventh. Okay. Well, Nick, thank you so much for coming on Evernote Podcast, man. <laughs> Love you, bro. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes, share it with friends and family, and you can find us at Ever underscore North on Instagram and Twitter and EverNorthCo on Facebook. What do you want to know, man? I got the answers. I hope I do. Yeah. No, probably not. Got my daddy new balance up. New balances on. Yeah. Don't play games with me. This is when you know a dad means business. How was that? He wears New Balance cross trainers. Not the whiteies that you uh, mow lawns with, the brown cross trainers. We ain't fucking around. <laughs>